here. Um, It's, it's very healing for me to be up here and to just expose um, the past sin in my life, the brokenness and the pain, um, and just to really see God use it for good, to see God um, work inside of people, heal people, free people, and save people. Um, and I never thought that I would be called to do this. <laughs> Um, but you know you can't you can't deny that that nudge <laughs> that pull and what God's calling you to do um, and I know we all here have a story to tell um, you know we've all been broken we all are broken and imperfect and when we share that with other people ah oh, it's refreshing <laughs> it's so refreshing <laughs> so um, you know and it, and it really it, it helps people along their journey um, in life and to learn how to um, draw closer to God and, um, and to just grow, to grow. Um, so I'm going to start in my childhood where everything starts in life <laughs> and, um, and then work my way up to where I am today. Um, so when I, was, when I was younger, I was born into a big Italian Catholic family. I am one of nine, and the oldest, and um, and I was raised in the church, and my grandmother was a very big influence in my life, um, teaching me how to pray and teaching me about the Lord, and um, so she really um, was fundamental in my in my faith walk, and um, so as I you know started to grow up, uh, my my. Um, my parents um, just started to experience a lot of brokenness in their relationship, and um, they um, just, you know, they never had the example of what a marriage rooted in Christ is supposed to look like, and um, and so they weren't able to walk that out for me in a consistent way, and so um, and, and you know, my being the oldest. I was very in the middle of all that. So as you can imagine, um, I became very wounded. Um, didn't know what love was um, and what that's supposed to look like in God's eyes. And, um, and then my, my father, he, um, he was never shown what unconditional love is. And so he couldn't get, give to me what he hadn't received. And so he never was able to show me unconditional love. Growing up, and I really think that a father is what it is the mirror to your father in heaven. You know, he is what um, really shows you, like this is how your heavenly father loves you. This is how your father loves you. And so I really had to put up, you know, a wall there, and I didn't know how to receive receive that. I didn't feel worthy. I felt. Um, not good enough. Um, I felt like I was always falling short, and so that carried that carried with me through into my high school years and freshman year. Um, that childhood sheltering that you have was 
completely off. And um, I started to get exposed to a lot of things that are tempting to fill the void that I had in my heart and my life. And, um, and so freshman year was a pretty bad turn, I would say. I started to learn, okay, this is what you're supposed to do with guys sexually, or you're considered a freezer. All my friends, you know, were, um, you know, uh, telling me about this. And I was in a place where I was very easily influenced, and I wanted to fit in. I wanted to feel accepted. I wanted to feel loved. And like I belonged. And so I would do anything. I would compromise anything to be in that group of friends. And so I did. I, I, um, I had always wanted to save myself from marriage. I, I was taught that growing up. Um, but I didn't realize that really God is calling us to purity. You know, it's not just to save your virginity and, you know, do other things. And it, it's really, it's, it's um, a calling. And, and he wants us to make decisions that are pure and honoring to him. And uh, that place in my life, I did not know that. And so I thought, okay, as long as I keep my virginity, I can just do other things. And so little by little, I crossed the line. A little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And, um, and by the time I hit college, I was very desensitized to sin. Have any of you guys been there where you're just drowning in your sin and it's just sin? Like, you're just like, there's nothing else I can see but sin. I'm wondering why I'm so far away from God right now. And I couldn't see him. I couldn't feel him. All that was comfortable to me was, was sin. And so I was partying in college and I was, you know, um, I experimented with marijuana and, and all these things and, and just drinking. And it was normal. It was so normal to get belligerent, you know, to get wasted. And it, it, was, it was normal. So um, I continued to, to try my best to fit in because I thought that's what's going to make me feel secure. It's going to, that's what's going to make me feel um, a sense of identity. And so I... Um, you know, I got to the point where I actually got arrested twice. I was at OU campus, and I got arrested twice, back to back. And if that's not God's grace, then I don't know what is, because I, I look back. I mean, at that time, I was, um, I couldn't see. I had my blinders on. So I was like, this stinks. So, you know, like, I can't believe this happened. Everyone else is doing the same thing, and I get caught. Like, of course, you know. And so I was more mad, and... Um, and so I couldn't stay at OU. Well, I actually made the decision. I, I mean, God did start little by little working his way into my heart. And I thought, okay, if I am going to graduate college, I need to leave here. Like, this is not a good place for me. So I left. And I went home and I was trying to figure out my life and my next step. And um, I met someone. And this was the first person that I really. Um, started to care about, um, you know, and got into a deep relationship with him. And I think it's because he was just as broken as I was. And so we clung to each other, trying to make a whole person. And so we clung, and, um, and that, at that place where I felt most vulnerable, most secure in his love, that is when um, I lost my virginity and I, gave, and I had sex with him. And so I, it was probably about a few months of doing this, that the Lord sent his grace again into my life. And I became pregnant. And I, at that point, was really 
Before that, I was crying out to the Lord and just saying, you know, because I was in that place where I was giving myself away, giving myself away, I had lost such a sense of myself. And I was praying, and I was crying out to God, and I was praying about my dad's relationship because we were kind of estranged. We weren't really talking a lot. He had kind of cut ties because he was not good at showing love when I was most unlovable, you know? And so I basically um, was praying about that, praying, and like, and, and then I found out I was pregnant, and I was so scared. It's like, what, Lord? I know that I put myself in this position, but I just started doing this, and it happened, this is, you know? And I, I was like, and, and all my friends were doing it since they were, you know, 14, and I'm just like thinking, how did this happen? And, and, um, and so I just started, I got to a place where I was like, Lord, I don't know what you're doing right now. I have no idea, but I don't want to be in control anymore. I do not want to be in control anymore. I am at a dead end. I have nothing left of myself. And I keep screwing everything up. And I just, whatever, you, you put this life in me for a reason. And I was taught growing up that you have a big plan. What is this plan? I want to be a part of it. And Lord, I surrender and I'm going to trust you have a bigger picture that you can see. Because right now, in my eyes, my dad's going to disown me, and I'm going to be living on the streets with this baby by myself. <laughs> That's how I felt through my eyes, what I could see. I knew God could see something different. I knew he could see a bigger picture. And so, um, you know, I, it was the first time that I really surrendered myself. And what a peace you start to feel. I mean, everything was still a mess in my life. <laughs> I felt a peace in the midst of all of it. And so I went and I, I went and talked to my mom. And, you know, she was the first one I told her. I, told, I talked to her about it. And then she told my dad. And I was so scared. I felt like as the oldest, I was the example that I'd let everyone down. <laughs> but my dad, for the first time through this, God challenged him to show me what unconditional love is. And when I was expecting a lecture, he came to me and he gave me the biggest hug and he said, I love you and I'm going to be here every step of the way. And that was the very beginning that the Lord just broke the chains and started to heal our relationship and to restore, restore me, to restore us. And... Um, and so I walked through that process of being pregnant and going to school, and I didn't realize what the Lord was doing, but he was slowly nicking at that need to feel accepted. I had to go out and be pregnant in front of all these people and be looked at, and, and even though it was painful and it was hard to, to feel that ridicule and feel people looking at you and staring at you, like something was just being released out of me. It was like... He was empowering me through that. You don't need this acceptance. You don't need this. And you know, God's very patient with us. So he was teaching me little lessons by little lessons. <laughs> and, and so then I kept going through school. And um, when I had Ava, she was the most amazing gift in the whole world. And when I had that baby, everything made perfect sense. And for the first time, I was able to experience God's love. I could receive it. He was there loving me the whole time, but I couldn't, 
receive it. I didn't know how. And so I received his love for this baby girl. And it was the most beautiful experience. I said, God is real, and God is so right next to me. And so I started to continue, um, you know, as being a mom and going to school. And, um, and uh, Mikey, who was uh, my boyfriend at the time, was, um, you know, had such a beautiful heart and, and wanted so much to be a good father, uh, but he struggled. He struggled a lot. He struggled with alcohol. He struggled with um, depression. And, um, and he had attempted a couple times before that to take his life. Um, through a car accident, through pills, and, um, but then he, he put the alcohol away and he said, I want to do this for Ava. I want to be healthy. I want to, you know, be close to God. I want to be the best that I can be. And so for 10 months, he was the best I've ever seen him. Um, his father died um, shortly after we gave birth to Ava. And, um, and then we actually we went on a vacation to Michigan and, you know, with, um, with Ava. And we're just, you know, um, so enveloped in this little girl. And we got back, and um, he started drinking again because his dad, it was really hard for him to accept his dad's loss because his dad died of alcoholism, and he was the one that was taking care of him. He was the one. And so he felt a sense of responsibility that he didn't do enough. And so when um, his dad died, he kind of took like a spiral down, and, um, and then one day he just snapped. There was something in him, in his eyes, I could see that he was not okay. And um, he was drinking again, he locked himself in a room, and I was trying to get the beer from him, and he was yelling at me, and, and, um, and I had to get back to Ava, and his mom said, I will, I will stay here, I will be here with him. And I knew we had to have some kind of intervention here. Like, he is not okay, we need to get him help. Um, but it wasn't long after that that Mikey actually took his life. He hung himself. And so, going through that was the hardest thing in my whole life. It was the darkest place I'd ever been. God has his plan, and I just experienced the beauty of it that now this happens. Why? And it's, I wasn't mad at God, but I was questioning his plan. His plan for us. How could this be a part of it? And so I, um, I started to walk through that with God. And, you know, when, when you lose someone close to you, you feel like you lose everything. And you die inside. And, and you know, but I kept ruminating on that scripture that God is close to the broken heart. So I clung to that. And God drew me so close because I needed him so much. My need for him was like eating, like breathing, like for me to go on. Every day I would just go to church and just be in his presence and pray and I just, I knew that if I didn't depend on him, that I was going to be destroyed. It was a big enough monster to destroy me. And so I clung to the Lord and he just started to do amazing things. Amazing things. And he really taught me that you know, that Romans 8.28 verse that, 
But, um, and in all things, what was that again? In all things, um, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And I experienced that. There was this evil thing. I mean, Satan totally tried to destroy my life through that. And I gave it to God. And I just saw him, you know, use my pain to minister to other people. Um, I was working at a, at a pregnancy center. And because I was in such a place of pain, and I was, you know, putting myself in God's hands, he was able to use that pain. And he actually saved a life. He saved a life at that pregnancy center because I was able to minister to a woman who was homeless. And in the worst situation possible, looking, wanting to have an abortion, and the Lord intervened through, through my surrender, through me willing to be used in that dark place. And so I got to even go and see this beautiful baby being born. And, and then God started to call me to share my testimony. And I started to share my testimony and I started to see people be fr- be, being freed from depression. People coming up to me and saying, thank you for sharing your story. I tried to take my life. But hearing your story is giving me so much healing. That is God's plan. And he used my story to tell people, to heal people. To bring them back to him. And so I started, my trust started increasing. So I was like, okay, God, you know what you're doing here. You know, God never willed for that to happen. But it happened. And he used it for good. He is still using it for good. And so um, I was praying a lot. And I was praying. And I was, the Lord, I mean, through these experiences, I was just, like, starting, God was lighting that fire inside of me for him. And so I, um, you know, I was like, Lord, okay, here I am, you know, single mom, this baby, and trying to get through school. I was like, you know, I have all these worries, you know. He was not going to have a father, you know. Am I going to get through school? All these things. And so I'm like, I remember what you did when I surrendered, you know, my pregnancy. I remember what you did when I surrendered my grief. Like, I'm going to surrender this again, and I'm going to trust that, that, you have, that you have a plan and that you are going to put the right person in my life at the right time. So I began praying. And through God deepening me in a relationship with him, I started to figure out his ways are a lot better than our ways. Amen? Amen. Yes. He, his ways are so much better. And so I started saying, okay, God, you want us to wait till marriage. You want, us, you want me to walk this pure walk. And I'm telling you, it... It didn't happen right away. It didn't. I, I got my, my will was weak in a lot of situations, but the Lord started strengthening that will. And, um, and he convicted me one day. And I was actually um, in a relationship, starting a relationship with someone new. And God was like, you have to tell him. You have to tell him. Um, because what I was starting to do in the relationship was taking me away from God, back to where I was. I was like, God, I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back. I want to stay close to you. So I guess I have to make decisions that honor you. Right? That makes sense. (laughs) So I'm going to make decisions that honor you and bring glory to you. So I 
convicted me of this. He's like, you have to tell him. And so I told him, I said, I am saving the, you know, sex for marriage. And he said, well, can we do other things? I'm like, actually, no. What? Are you serious? Like, you are. And then he started ridiculing me, you know, calling me a freezer, saying no one does that these days, who does that? But what that did, you know, respecting that boundary that God has for us, actually brought out his true colors and brought up the conversation we probably never would have had until we were married. <laughs> he said that he wanted to move in together, he wanted to be sexually active, like that this is what he wanted. So I realized like, that's the relationship of, that the world offers. And that's what you want. But that's not what I want. I want a relationship that God offers. I want a relationship that um, goes beyond selfish needs. And so I um, broke up with him, and the last thing he said to me was, good luck finding someone who's going to find you. Talk about rejection. So I felt I was also in a place, you know, I, I did get emotionally attached to this person. And so I was listening to them, you know, was in, in my car, and that's where I do a lot of praying, because that's the only time, you know, your, ch- your children are sleeping or strapped down. <laughs> and so I, I started praying, and I was actually crying out to God, and I was saying, Lord, here I am trusting you, and I'm trusting, and wa- I'm committed to walking in your ways. Like, but this hurts. This sucks. Like, <laughs> for lack of a better word, like, this is painful. I don't want to feel rejected. But I was like, Lord, I know that, that that's a lie that you're speaking into my life, that you have someone for me that is going to be willing to wait. And so um, I, um, you know, was, was praying, and the Lord knows the, the right time. You know, he, his timing is so perfect. And so I was, um, you know, I met um, this, this guy, Matt, and um, and I was like caught up in the emotions and you know he was a big romantic so you know on our first day he had fireworks and all this crazy stuff and we went to the symphony and it was this beautiful day and so I said so that night he said do you want to be my girlfriend and I said um actually I was so caught up in the emotions of the music Delilah was actually playing on the radio and I was like yes I was like I will be your girlfriend then I went home and God convicted me again. He's like, what are you doing? Remember what you see? What, you know, you um, rededicated your life back to me. You, you want to walk in, in, in my ways? You have to tell him. It's like, oh, gosh, I can't tell him. Oh, but I know what he's going to do. He's going to reject me. I was so afraid. I was like, okay, I'll t- tell him, tell him. So I went and I, um, we had a conversation. I was like, you know how you asked me to be your girlfriend? Well... I just have to tell you kind of the relationship that I'm looking for before we go any further because it might not be what you want. And so I started going, and I was in that relationship, or and I was talking to him. I said, I want to share my faith with someone. I want to walk with God with someone. And I want to, to make pure decisions. I want to wait everything until marriage. You know, and... Um, and he kind of had this puzzled look on his face. <laughs> and I was just, um, I said, is this what you want? Because if it's not, then we should part ways. And, um, and he said that he was falling in love with me and that um, 
that he had never really had a relationship with God before, but wanted it and was open to everything that I wanted. And he wanted to grow in faith with me. He wanted to walk with God. And so that's all I needed. And so from that point on, you know, God started to grow his relationship with Ava and started, um, and he was, and the way he looked at her, I knew, I knew that that was a confirmation from God, that this is a person I'm supposed to be with. And, um, and so we, you know, God continued to grow our relationship and we got to a place where, um, where we were engaged. He proposed, actually, this is how God, God's, this is what God's faithfulness looks like because the radio station I was clinging to, clinging to in the darkest place of my life, which was K-Love and 93.3. Um, Matt actually, he, he told me, he said, um, we're going to go to the radio station and um, they want, I get, you know, he talked to the radio station and he said that I um, was their fall fundraiser and they want you and me to tell them how much we love their station. You know how they have people like that. I'm like, this is so cool. I was like, okay, so I'm like getting my little, like, what I'm going to say together, and I'm just like, okay, you know, and, and so I, I, you know, we get there, and, um, and then we're in the radio station, and Randy used to be there, he's not there anymore, but, um, you know, he's sitting there, we're talking to him, and, and then all of a sudden, Matt gets on one knee, and he proposes to me on live radio. <laughs> God is a show-off. He is a show-off. So I, um, at that moment, first of all, it took me a second to process it, because I had in my mind what I was going to say, and then he gets on one knee and, um, and says he wants to spend the rest of my, his life with me. And so, of course, tears of joy, happiness, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Like, we had the whole radio clip, which is pretty cool. So that right there was like, God, you are so faithful. You are so faithful. And it doesn't happen in our time, but I just have to keep trusting that you are in control, that you are orchestrating everything for my good. And so, you know, we start, we got engaged, we went home, we had this awesome party that my mom threw, and it was so exciting. And, and then, um, you know, my dad was there, and, you know, at this point, like, my dad and I were like this, like, we were getting so close. And, um, and so, um, trying to figure out where I was. We were so close, and so he, that night, gave me this beautiful speech, and was crying, and was just, and, um, I was crying, um, because I was just, you know, in my heart, just praising God, like, wow, look where we are, look where we were, look where we are, you know, God is so good, and, and so we were, um, he gave this beautiful testimony, and um, I had shared with him, you know, that I was giving my testimony. He actually came to see a few of my testimonies. And so in his speech, he told me, he said, you know, to keep sharing my testimony. And, um, and so um, it was probably a couple months after that. And, um, you know, we were experiencing you know, all the joy of, of engagement. And then um, I got... I um, found out my my dad told me that he wasn't feeling well, that he had like, bronchitis, and he was sick, and and um, so he was just getting checked out a lot. And I was like, okay, dad. And there was just something in his eyes, like he knew something was wrong. 
And so I was like, okay, Dad, all right, um, you know, just let me know what's going on. And, um, and so I came back and I had this, just this bad feeling in my spirit, like, okay, something's wrong. And I, I saw my parents um, in the room and they were crying. And, and actually, uh, I forgot to add this part, but my parents, you know, when, um, when they were going through a really rough time in the relationship, it, it continued. And it got worse and worse. And then it got to the point where they were separated. And they were um, like a few months away from signing the papers for the divorce. Because um, there was just so much damage. And, um, you know, you have to be open to the Lord um, really working working through that. And so it was kind of to the point of no repair. Um, and so, you know, to the point where only God came to me. And so I, I was praying. I'm kind of backing up a little bit. I was praying a lot during that time, my engagement, and even in my relationship with Matt before that, that, Lord, that, that, that I just pray for a miracle. If this be your will, if you're going to allow this to happen, you know, okay, but, but if you could somehow, somehow work a miracle and bring them back together, like, I'm praying for that heart, you know? And, and so knowing from past experience that God answers prayers in this timing, I kept praying fervently. And, um, and so, um, going back to my dad not feeling well, I found out, um, that my dad was sick and that it was terminal and it was cancer. And, um, I remember finding this out, you know, my engagement, I was just like, Lord, finally get to this place of joy. Why? Why is this plan? Why is this your plan? I don't know what you're doing, but again, I'm going to trust that that you're in control. That you have a greater plan that I cannot see right now. That you're going to work through this. Your purposes are going to work through this. And so, um, and so, um, my dad, we found out, I'm very hopeful, like, okay, he's, he has adrenal gland cancer, which was one in a million people get this. And, um, you know, the doctors had kind of misdiagnosed him and said, you know, um, it's treatable, you know, we can treat this, we don't know if it'll go away or if it'll come back, or, and, uh, but we are gonna, we're going to try to treat him. And so, yes, like, we, we're going to get through this. He's going to get better. Um, but then shortly after that, we found out that my, um, the doctor was actually in the hospital and um, told my mom and I that um, he only had one month to live. That the cancer had totally, um, was just everywhere. And it spread to his lungs. It went from his adrenal gland to the liver to his lungs. And the reason why this cancer is, is so ugly is that it shows his face in like the very last stages of it. So uh, at that point I just broke. Like, um, Lord, I, please heal my dad. Please heal my dad. The beer will, please heal him. And so, in the midst of that um, month, the Lord was just healing my parents' relationship, and He redeemed it in the most beautiful way I'd ever seen. He was bringing my heart's dad to the Lord. He was restoring their relationship. 
And I got to see, a few days before that he passed away, I got to see my parents renew their vows. God gave me that miracle. He gave it to me, just not the way I expected. The Lord was more concerned about healing their marriage than healing him physically. The Lord was more concerned about healing inside him, his heart, his spirit, the woundedness, than, his, than healing him physically. And he ultimately experienced the ultimate healing in heaven. And I, this is how God, this is how God works. I was the one holding his hand. So, the Lord answers prayers. I had never felt so close to my dad in my entire life. And so, you know, my parents renewed their vows, and that was such a gift. And, um, and so I, you know, my dad passed away, and it was just, I was heartbroken. But yet, because of all those past experiences in my life, my trust was so strong that I knew God was going to work this out. I knew He had a plan. And, um, and so I you know, went on. I was planning my wedding and grieving, but just clinging, also just clinging to God. And when I got to, when on my wedding day, I can tell you that it was the most joy I had ever experienced in my life because I had to walk through the suffering. Someone told me at the hospital, they said, Michaela, suffering and joy sit at the same table. And I never experienced that until I was truly on my wedding day. And I was like, I, I had so much joy in my heart and I felt like I was in this presence, like, you didn't feel that separation. I mean, you feel the separation. Like, it stings. But on that day, God gave me a gift. I didn't feel it. I felt like he was right there with me. And my six brothers got to walk me down the aisle. So, it was, um, it was special. The Lord still made it a special time. And so, I also, you know, my mom, um, the Lord brought someone really special in her life. Um, someone that treats her the way that she deserves and that loves her unconditionally. And, um, and so I, I, I see, she, I've never seen her so happy before in her entire life. And so that, that was a part of God's plan. And, um, and now I have a new family and um, and it's just, and then, you know, she got married a couple months ago. Was it a couple months? May. So, yeah. Um, and, um, and it was such a beautiful ceremony. And there was so much joy, even in the midst of our grieving. So, I guess what I'm here today to tell you that the Lord is so faithful. He demonstrated that in my life. That He can take the most evil thing. And bring so much good out of it. He can, you know, in the most heart-wrenching situations, when you're watching someone pass away and move on, 
to be with the Lord. He brings so much good out of it. And um, now I, um, I'm, I'm married, and I have my beautiful little Ava is six years old. And um, now I have a little boy, Matthew, who's just, just a peanut. He's so sweet. Um, so God has brought me so far. And I'm telling you, anything in your life, he will bring you through it. All you have to do is trust. It's all you have to do. And surrender. Give it to him. Because he is the one in control. He is the one orchestrating the plan. Not us. So I just want to end in prayer. I haven't even been keeping my time. I apologize, but I hope I'm not there. But I'm just uh, I'm gonna pray for you ladies. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to share your story, not mine. Thank you for this opportunity for you to minister through me to these women. What a blessing. Lord, and I just pray that you would bless each of them, that you would draw close to them, that you would teach them how to trust you in every area of their life, that you would show them what your love looks like, and that it never changes. And Lord, I promise that they take away something from here, that that will just um, permeate through them, that this message will not just be confined in this room, that it would just ripple and just touch so many more lives. Lord, and I pray that you encourage these ladies that each one of them have a story to tell. That what you're doing in their life is worth talking about. They need to talk about it. If we close ourselves off, Move through us. Don't let shame, guilt, all of those things keep you from using us in this life. So I just pray that you would use each of these ladies in their own testimony to touch other people, to build your kingdom, and to draw them closer to you. I pray this in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Thing. No, I'm fine. I just forgot. You want your mic back? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on one second. Sorry. Lindsay, what's the first verse to Cornerstone? I'm just, my mind's blank right now. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs>